It is really good to be with you this morning. I want to start out, of course, by saying Happy Mother's Day. All the moms in the audience, we just want to make sure that you know that we appreciate you and honor you on this day, on Mother's Day. Also, I feel like I need to say something about all of our college graduates. Um, A bunch of people this weekend graduated with associate's degrees and bachelor's degrees and master's degrees, and I know at least one with a doctorate degree sitting right over there. Congratulations to all of you for that great accomplishment. We're proud of you, and we want you to know that as well. So it is Mother's Day, and that's why I have that card up there, and I'm so happy to see that because it has been quite a morning with PowerPoint and the Internet and all that kind of stuff, and Rick's telling me not only that, I forgot to turn on my microphone. Amateurs. Look like amateurs. We were talking, we were wondering, how did we used to do church before PowerPoint? It's like, I don't know. It's kind of hard, so we were panicking this morning. So it is Mother's Day. Um, It's a day that we honor and celebrate our moms. But I want you to know something, that Mother's Day is a little bit different for preachers. Mother's Day means something completely different. It means it's time for that dreaded Mother's Day sermon. Based on my very informal research, I'm fairly confident that if you polled a bunch of preachers and you asked them what was their least favorite sermon to preach of the year, the Mother's Day sermon would be somewhere at least close to the top. And I want you to know that's not because preachers hate moms. It's not because preachers think that moms aren't worth honoring. That's not true. And it's not because all preachers have mommy issues. Some do, but not all do. Now, the reason why preachers dread Mother's Day sermons, they're not really sinister reasons at all. Preachers are apprehensive about Mother's Day sermons because they're just really not sure what they should say. So you've probably noticed that's why Mother's Day sermons are basically variations on three different themes. First, there's the full-bore celebration sermon, where the preacher gets up and says, Moms are the best. Or like in my case, my mom is the best. God loves mom. I mean, just look at Mary, right? That's one variation of the theme. And that's the easiest sermon to preach, but after a while it starts to seem maybe a little trite, maybe a little superficial. I won't be doing that sermon this morning. The next variation on the theme is the, I want to take this opportunity to lecture moms. Yeah, you're right. I will not be doing that sermon either. (laughs) Right? I mean, who better than than 50 and 60-year-old men to tell moms how they should be doing their jobs, right? So that sermon is the Happy Mother's Day, Now Why Can't You Be More Like Mary sermon. Not a good sermon. I think the proper response that all moms should have to that sermon is, I'll be more like Mary when you give me a child that's more like Jesus. Well, then there's the Mother's Day sermon that has nothing to do with moms, right? You say a few words like I'm saying right now about moms and how much we appreciate them. You give them some honor, and then you move on to whatever you would normally preach on. In our case, you move on to a series out of the book of Romans. And I have to be really honest with you, I was really tempted to do that sermon this morning, but that's not where we're going to go. But we are going to stay in Romans But I want to use Romans chapter 8 as a jumping off point. I want to try to speak a word of encouragement to moms. Specifically a word of encouragement to moms who are living motherhood right now. They're right in the middle of raising their, their little 
ones. And the reason I feel compelled to try and encourage those moms, those moms who are right now in the middle of raising their young children, is because I have observed that being a mom in the middle of raising little ones in the year 2018 puts you in the crosshairs. Put you in the crosshairs of innumerable people who are quick to judge and they're eager to condemn every parenting decision that those moms make. Quick to judge and condemn every parenting action those moms take. So I want to speak a word of encouragement because I know that being in those judgmental and condemning crosshairs often leaves our moms feeling more than conquered instead of feeling more than a conqueror. See, this morning, I want our moms to be able to feel the power of Paul's words. When Paul says, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I want them to know there's now no sentence that's being handed down to you because somebody's already assigned you guilt. Your guilt has been established. I want you to know that you may be in the crosshairs of judgmental critics, but you're not in the crosshairs of the holy God because you are his beloved child in Christ Jesus. And I want our moms to be able to feel the power of Paul's words when he says, in all these things you are more than conquerors through him who loved you. I want our moms to know that they have gained a decisive victory, that they are completely and overwhelmingly victorious, not because of what they have done, but because of the love of their father. And in case you think I'm exaggerating this need for our moms to be encouraged, I'd encourage you to find one of our moms after services and just ask her this question. Ask her, when your toddler's melting down in the middle of Target and you feel those disapproving glares around you, do you feel like a conqueror or do you feel like the conquered? Also occurs to me that some of us older people might need a reminder of just what it's like to raise two and three-year-olds. So I want to put up here a series of slides. They're from parents, and they're documenting why their little darlings had epic meltdowns. So here's slide number one. If you can read that, he's having a meltdown because his mom won't let him eat styrofoam. (laughs) Organic styrofoam probably would have been okay, but not, not traditional styrofoam. Slide number two. This little lovely is having a meltdown because his mom broke his cheese in half. There's an old saying, broken cheese always leads to broken hearts, so that's what's going on there. Slide number three, it's a sunscreen slide. The mom says, I told him he doesn't need sunscreen when it's raining. You've probably also heard this saying, I scream, you scream, we all scream for sunscreen, so that's what's going on there. Slide number four is the T-Rex slide. He's having a meltdown because T-Rex's jaw's not big enough to bite the Lego man's head which I'm convinced is the real reason why dinosaurs became extinct, because their jaws weren't big enough. Slide number five, this is the underwear slide. She's melting down because her mom won't let her wear dirty underwear as a hat. (laughs) Unreasonable moms. I mean, I guess clean underwear would probably be acceptable as a hat, but not dirty. And then finally, slide number six, this is my personal favorite. He's melting down because somebody hid a hot dog. Inside his cornbread. 
classic case of a mom trying to put like health food in front of somebody, inside somebody's cornbread, so of course he's melting down. Well, that's the, the funny side of toddler tantrums, and I've found that toddler tantrums are a lot funnier when they're other people's kids who are having them. But there's a, a dark side. There's a dark side to raising kids in our society. And the dark side of raising kids today is directly related to the Internet. And I have to admit, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to what's going on online when it comes to parenting until I had my first grandchild. And then I found out that the Internet is the best of times, but it's also the worst of times when it comes to parenting. On the one hand, there's more useful information about parenting than I could ever imagine having. But on the other hand, there's more useless information than I ever had to deal with. And there's more useless parenting advice than you can imagine. More concerning than useless or even that erroneous information about parenting that you'll find online is the amount of venom, the amount of hostility that's directed towards moms by self-proclaimed parenting experts. I assure you, you don't have to spend much time online at all to realize that if you ever want to feel condemned, if you ever want to have a sentence handed down to you after your guilt has been established by others, just have children and then sit back and wait. Or just have children and then ask Google how you're doing as a mom. If you ever want to feel conquered, just listen to Google and hear what other people have to say about your parenting. Trust me, you'll find condemnation about how you gave birth, no matter how you gave birth. You'll find condemnation about how you feed your children, regardless of what you feed your children. You'll find condemnation about how you educate your kids, no matter how you educate your kids. And you'll certainly find no shortage of condemnation about how you handle your kids in public, regardless of how you handle your kids in public. And that's just a short list. That's just a short list of how moms are condemned. Again, I'd encourage you to ask a mom. I'm sure she could add things to that list, things like how much weight she's gained or hasn't gained, how her kids are dressed when they leave the house, or whether she needs more kids or already has too many kids. There's all kinds of condemnation and judgment available. I encourage you, just ask a mom. There's no shortage of voices that are willing to condemn. No shortage of condemning voices and disapproving looks. And that makes it very easy to feel conquered instead of like a conqueror. Let alone like more than a conqueror. So I want us to go back to a different voice. I want us to go back to the voice of Paul. I want to let him speak words of encouragement and words of grace to our moms and to all of us. All of us who are often overwhelmed by the voices telling us that we're not good enough, we're not strong enough, we're not smart enough. Voices telling our moms that they're failures. Voices telling our moms that they just can't get it right. So moms, I want you to listen and let Paul tell you who you are. In Romans 8, 1, Paul says, Therefore is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, 
Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the spirit of life set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did. God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in you. Met in you who do not live according to the sinful nature but live according to the spirit. Then in verse 16, Paul says, The Spirit himself testifies with your spirit that you are God's child. Now, if you are God's child, then you are his heir, an heir of God and co-heir with Christ, if indeed you share in his sufferings, in order that you may also share in his glory. And then in verse 31, Paul says, What then shall we say in response to this? If God is for you, Who can be against you? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also along with him graciously give you all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who is he or she that condemns? Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who is raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for you. So who shall separate you from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? No. In all these things you are more than a conqueror through him who loved you. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. So moms, don't listen to Google. Instead, listen to God speak through his servant, Paul. And God says, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And God says he is constantly working for your good in all situations. Even when your toddler's melting down in the middle of Target. And Paul says that God is working for the good of your children. And not only that, he's working for the good of your children through you. You are God's instrument. And God wants to remind you that if he, the all-powerful God of the universe, is for you, then who can be against you? No matter how many Twitter followers someone has, their condemnation of you can't stand against God's love for you. And God reminds you that there's nothing in all of creation that can separate you from the love that is in Christ Jesus. So moms, if you want to feel like a conqueror, even more than a conqueror, listen to what God says about you and what God thinks about you instead of what Google says and thinks about you. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. It's true, you'll never be a perfect parent. But the great news is you are loved perfectly By your perfect God. So moms, here's my Mother's Day card for you. 
I am convinced that neither cotton diapers nor disposable diapers, neither organic food nor Cheetos, neither, neither a toddler's tantrums or his giggles, neither homeschool or public school or private school, neither a spotless home nor dishes piled in the sink, nor anything else in all creation is able to separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, your Lord. Now I want to ask the church a question. Who are we going to be for our moms? What kind of place is this going to be for our moms? Our moms are bombarded with disapproval. They are bombarded with condemnation. And that leads to guilt. It leads to despair. Our moms are surrounded by negative words and negative looks. And that leaves them feeling conquered instead of feeling like conquerors. The conquerors God has made them to be. So what's this place going to be? Is it going to be just more of the same Well, God forbid that this be a place of condemnation, of disapproval, of guilt and despair. See, this place, this church, this family should be a condemnation-free zone. It must be a place where love and support and help and encouragement replace the judgment of the world. This must be a place where beaten-down moms are lifted up Lifted up in the presence of God to be able to see themselves for who they really are. More than conquerors through the love of God and through the love of this church. Church, we have a vital mission to fulfill for our moms. Because it's often hard for them to feel God's love when they're surrounded by so much judgment. Our mission is to give them a place and a people where they can see themselves for who they really are. God's children, deeply loved and more than conquerors. See, our moms and our dads will be able to grasp God's steadfast love for them. Steadfast love for them during difficult times. See, they'll be able to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is God's love for them. They'll be able to grasp that when they know that nothing can separate them from the love of God's church. From the love of God's people. Let's be that church for our moms. Let's pray. Father, we pray for a special blessing on, blessing on our moms. Father, we pray that in the the midst of difficulties, the the midst of fatigue, the midst of all the things that are going on, coupled with all of the disapproval and condemnation that our society heaps upon them, Father, we pray that they'll be able to feel your love. Father, we pray that you'll use their church as the conduit of that love. Father, help us to be people who give loving looks, loving hugs, loving words, kind and encouraging times that we spend with them. Father, so that they will feel your love through us. Father, help our moms to know that they are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. And Father, help us to be a place where that love can flourish and grow. And it's the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.
So I'm going to end with our uncomfortable challenge. This is uncomfortable challenge number 20, and it is an encouraging challenge. My challenge to every one of you is during this week, in some way, at some time, for some mom, at least one mom, go out of your way. Go out of your way to encourage her. Go out of your way to let them know that this church is a condemnation-free zone where they are safe in the love of God and in the safe, safe in the love of God's church. I challenge you to do that for our moms this week. And as we close, what we're going to do is we're going to stand up, we're going to sing a love song. And moms, I want you to know that we're singing this love song to you. Let's sing together. Stand up.